This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Did an ADM career day last Friday. Several ADM employees spoke to students at MacArthur and Eisenhower High Schools about food science, engineering, science and technology, and operations. The Illinois Lottery has announced record sales for the first half of the current fiscal year. The lottery posted $1.8 billion in sales from July through December. For more stories, podcasts, and videos, visit our website, nowdecatur.com. Get rid of more toxic waste today in East Palestine, Ohio. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. We have identified EPA-certified facilities that will be able to accept at least some of these wastes. And EPA Regional Director Deborah Shore says shipments resumed today away from the train derailment site. The problem came from the fact that they, they were shipping the soil and water to a couple of other states, but hadn't informed state officials, so those state officials stopped it in their home states. Fox's Mike Tobin in East Palestine says the waste will stay in Ohio. Some residents still complain of sickness despite tests showing air and water safe. Fire Chief Keith Trabig just told Fox. We really haven't seen an upswing of calls in relation to medical problems with the incident at all. Uh, we expected to get some, but we have not seen that. House Republicans want more information on the update on COVID from the Energy Department that it's likely the virus leaked out of a Chinese lab. The Wall Street Journal publishing an exclusive report saying the department changed its assessment based on new intelligence. Despite the Energy Department's findings, top national security advisor Jake Sullivan says there is no definitive answer on the origins of COVID-19. Fox's Brooke Singman and Sullivan also tells ABC's this week they're still worried China could send Russia weapons for the war in Ukraine. We have at this point not seen them take the step of providing weapons to Russia for purposes of the war in Ukraine. We are watching closely. We know they haven't taken it off the table. China is also angry over sanctions imposed on companies accused of helping fund Russia, accusing the U.S. of outright bullying. More deadly violence in the Middle East. Israeli settlers go on a rampage in the West Bank. Palestinian officials say around 400 Jewish settlers took part in the attack, burning at least six houses and dozens of cars. Local medics say one man was killed and four others badly hurt. It followed a Palestinian gunman opening fire on a car, killing two brothers. That's Fox's Jonathan Savage. America's listening to Fox News. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute gives educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12. First-person curriculum units with video accounts. The Discovering Heroes book series for kids. A speaker's bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with 9-11 artifacts. Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients who are preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-838-1441. That's 800-838-1441. There's a new Fox poll showing the economy and inflation remain top issues of concern for voters. More than three in four say the economy is fair to poor. We also asked voters about the 2024 race for the White House. The new poll shows former President Donald Trump still a big favorite over Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for the GOP nomination, 43 percent to 28 percent. The former president gets the nod among those without college degrees. Governor DeSantis is preferred among the college educated and those who feel President Biden's election was legitimate. Among Democrats, 53 percent indicate they want someone other than President Biden to run next year. Seventy seven percent of respondents say there should be a mental competency test for any politician age 75 or older. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Now, we mentioned DeSantis. He has not announced a campaign for president yet. On Wall Street, stocks could rise to start the week, coming off the worst selling of the year last week. One movie keeps making a name for itself as a favorite for the Oscars next month. The top film of the Producers Guild Awards and... The film Everything Everywhere All at Once, winning four of the five film categories Sunday night. The 2022 comedy drama scoring wins for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Leading Role for Michelle Yeoh and Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a 
motion picture, among others. The HBO Max series The White Lotus scoring two wins, including Jennifer Coolidge for outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series. Other highlights include Brendan Fraser taking home the award for outstanding performance by an actor in a leading role for his film The Whale, and actress Sally Field was honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award. Brian Holkren, Fox News. Now, all of those were the Screen Actors Guild Awards. At the box office, Ant-Man and the Wasp, number one, a second straight weekend, though they took in a lot last $32 million. Cocaine Bear debuted second. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Finding yourself suddenly unemployed can be a life-changing event, but now Decatur and our community partners are here to help. Now Decatur is offering a resource page for Decatur and Macon residents that include unemployment information, immediate job listings, retraining opportunities, social and emotional resources, and more. The goal is to help you navigate through an event and period that could be emotionally, mentally, and financially stressful for you and your loved ones. Go to NowDecatur.com for the Employment and Retraining Opportunities resource page. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here, 15,000, another shutout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. Shannon, hello! Slam dunk! Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. And the celebration is on! Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. Here's a look at your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast today. Rain and thunderstorms until 5 p.m., 45-mile-per-hour winds and a high near 58. For tonight, cloudy with a low of 39 and it'll be windy as well. For Tuesday, mostly cloudy to start, gradually becoming sunny with a high near 52. And Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 62. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 56 degrees. Your WSOY time is 7.06. Good morning and welcome to the 7 o'clock hour of Buyers and Company. We have a lot to get to here today. We're going to talk transportation, Nick. Transit, fast transit. Dr. Juanita Morris will be with us. We'll check in with Mark Topper. More on that great successful weekend for the Millican women's basketball team. The company starts now. Buyers and Company, WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM. Streaming live at nowdecator.com. Good morning and welcome. So you're following my T-Pain logic on the the uh, tease from the Devon Lakeshore Amphitheater? Your guess makes sense, and uh, also the the winning came on, you know, he, he being the voice of the song, all we all I ever do is win, so that, that being the other clue. It was the monster hint that I had, and I don't yep. watch The Masked Singer, but he was yeah. the monster character, right? Yeah, you... Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. Yes, ma'am. Something else with like worth, how something was spelled. I didn't see it. My daughter did, but she was saying the same thing this weekend. She thought your your guess was correct. Okay, so <laughs> there we go. Uh, announced at ten, I think at ten o'clock this morning. They'll uh, they'll give the official word, and uh, we'll see what it is. All right. Uh, once again, uh, I, I wanted to give out the uh, the information for the Quincy uh, Police Department. Uh, the telephone number there directly is 217-228-4470. Uh, the Quincy Regional Crime Stoppers can be reached at 217-228-4474. That's the anonymous way uh, to reach out if you have any information about Beffy, uh, Becky Bleefnik, who was uh, discovered uh, uh, dead at multiple gunshot wounds, 41-year-old mother of three uh, with the Decatur connections, if you know anything, uh, make sure you call. Just, you know, when you hear these stories, and, and I know we have plenty of stories that, you know, somebody dies at 2 a.m. on a street in Decatur that we don't know anything about, uh, you don't get a lot of mother of threes uh, that, that, that uh, you know, don't show up to pick up their kids so a family member goes to check on them. It's a horrible story. Just just heartbreaking all the way around. It just, there's, it's just a nightmare. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if you have any knowledge, please uh, reach out. Um, we have a lot to get to here today. 
follow up on Acorn. Uh, I know state labor officials are looking into all this. None of that's going to do anything for those 450 people. No, but Brian, I got to tell you, I have never been more proud of this community than I was last week. The way that people came together just to wrap their arms around these, these employees, everything from, you know, the park district to insurance companies to, you know, companies here looking for, for employees and just trying to drop everything and make it work. So, you know, kudos to you and your team as well as Rocky and Nicole, everybody that, that just, you know, what can we do and let's fix it? Well, it, that <clears throat> resources page is available at nauticator.com. Uh, everything from unemployment assistance to job resources to education and retraining opportunities to social services to mental health. Mental health and the uh, park district. Career fairs. Into, I mean, yeah, just uh, everything. ADM tomorrow will be uh, hosting at Workforce Investment Solutions from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Uh, a career fair. Uh, we had Greg Webb in Friday morning. Uh, they're not even requiring a resume. Just come talk to some people face to face. A resume can be overwhelming if I, you haven't well, done one in a long time. You know, I saw somebody's <laughs> post. You know, they they worked for 18 years yeah. and haven't put together. I mean, I don't have a resume. I don't think I mean, it's, it's got to be on some old computer somewhere that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Uh, but it's on you know, a floppy disk. <laughs> I don't know how you get any pleasure in teasing me about something that was around with you before it was me, but hey, you know. Uh, so it's, you know, all that help is available uh, if you are also an employer looking to hire. We include the city of Decatur in that. There's a whole list. Uh, there's a way to contact us through that page so we can get that information out there. But everybody's stepping up, as you yep, said. Absolutely. I, you know, it took like 24 hours for Facebook to be Facebook, which I was like really impressed. Yeah. It was it, you know, but back to, I mean, Milliken, everybody, you know, Milliken had a job fair going the next day and opened it up to Acorn. Nick was out there. Uh, it was packed mm-hmm. and a lot of Fantastic. people having conversations. So, uh, the, the good news, the community comes together. The bad news is just corporate America treating people like this. You, you the, just, the worst example of corporate America. Yeah. And also to the people who always feel like everything is Decatur-centric, uh, this company was in New York and New Jersey and Sweden and several other places. I mean, this wasn't a Decatur thing. This wasn't an Illinois thing. Just a badly run company. Well, yes, uh, making a lot of, of bad mistakes. And then, of course, uh, the hardworking employees paying the price for yeah. that last week. All right. Um, you promised. Uh, a- brought somebody who has answers. Well, don't don't put too much pressure on. <laughs> you, you know, uh, the mayor is fond of like coming in. Like, you know, it's early and it's Monday. I'm like, I know, but you knew you were going to be here. We have questions uh, because there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, I'm watching this television show, 1923, on on Paramount. And in 1923, they're talking about what the vision for the future is, uh, which is, you know, pretty curious to see in our parents, you know, or not that far off Uh lifetime. This was the existence. Uh, But we have so much changing, and yet public transportation across the United States has never made any sense to me. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, no, I mean, we treat every community like it's the same population. What makes sense in Chicago and New York and Boston and L.A. has never made sense in Decatur, Illinois. Uh, and it makes less sense now when you have Uber and all these other options and, and having these gigantic buses run around to all these routes. And I mean, I still don't think you can do all that you want to do time wise, right? No, you can't. But you have an expert here with us today. Thank God, yes. because I never have the answers you're asking questions to. No, I might, I'm just curious it, yeah. is if we're moving into a, a new era of a more, I don't know, not affordable, but better way to do this. Uh, and, and even in the past 10 years, uh, you, you know, we get federal dollars and we buy buses. And I look at these buses and they're huge. And I realize that high school get out time, you know, for Eisenhower MacArthur, they're very busy. But how busy are they during the week? And, and how can we do this better? And you guys are getting innovative, right? You're putting a, a, a canopy over the parking lot in the Civic Center to capture power. Yes. Right. We are. We are. We are moving ahead. You're far way away from <laughs> sending out a press release that you're accepting debit cards. Uh, you know, honestly. <laughs> All right. So introduce uh, your guest. And, and now, the, it, also, if you could explain to me how the transit it, it's it, technically not under the city. I'm going to let our guest, okay, Lacey Elsey, who runs transportation. It, no, it's a little. It's a little squirrely because it is under the city, but it's its own thing, kind of. <laughs> How's that? I'll just turn your mic off. Lacey, it's good no. to have you with us. Uh, so do you technically work for the city of Decatur? Yes, I am a city of Decatur employee. So okay. my official tra- title is the transit administrator. Okay. And um, historically, the um, mass transit has been a division of the city. 
and it has kind of floated between different branches. At one time, we were under economic and community development. Right now, we're under executive. But one of the new things that we had moved to do this year was create the first Department of Transportation and Facility Services. Okay. Was that different years ago? I I don't. Do you remember Cecil? Yes. Okay. I always thought that there was some sort of layer in between or something like kind of like the Civic Center that it wasn't really. So that's true. So the majority of the um, bus drivers and operation workers are a a contractual company. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you you just you contract that out. Okay. Yes. So there is a little bit of separation. But then you're in charge of them? I oversee the contract, yes. Okay, I got you. And, and how long have you been doing this? Um, so I have been with the city for almost eight years. Okay. Um, pre- previously in an economic and community development capacity, but for the last year and a half I've been with transit. Okay, so they, they said, hey, you're doing really good here. Here are the buses. <laughs> uh, Congratulations. Yeah. So um, am I wrong in feeling like some of this, not through anything that the city's doing, but just sort of seems archaic, I mean, the way we do public transportation today in a community this size? I will say um, the current route system that we have, it was developed in the early 90s. And so, no, it does not serve the community like it did 30 years ago. I mean, we talk about the changes that are happening every day. Um, And so, yes, in a sense, it is archaic. And I think that transportation as a whole recognizes that. That was part of the big um, infrastructure bill that came down. Um, The transportation industry and the FTA called it a a once in a generation funding for transit to bring us into the future. Um, There's a lot of you know, first mile, last mile solutions that are really coming out, micro transit, a lot of buzzwords that you hear a lot, you know, there's the huge push to go zero emission and low no emissions. So we, right. we are jumping on that train. I, I, okay. Now, uh, with all <laughs> due respect, those are yeah. the, that, that's all government speak <laughs> unless something actually happens. You know, I'm watching this show, 1923, and Harrison Ford's character gets upset because they replaced his hitching post with a parking space, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so not all that long ago, you know, cars were replacing horses. Uh, so we constantly change and evolve. I just feel like I see the buses running and it just feels like there's hardly anyone in them. Well, I know you have a lot of, you have a number, but that number doesn't say to me how many people or how much of that is duplication with the same person riding 30 times a month. Do you have any idea how many people use public transportation on a month in and month out basis? So we're actually getting ready to launch um, a comprehensive operations study. And so the state awarded us planning dollars to be able to do just that. Okay. And so basically what a comprehensive operations analysis is is it's a route study. They're going to tell us where people are getting on and off, where the gaps in service are, and where our resources are best going to be allocated sure. in the future. And so then they'll come back with recommendations of this is what your route should look like. The big push that we've been working towards is microtransit. And what does that mean? So microtransit is like a hybrid between a fixed route and a taxi. And okay. so it's um, app-based. You'd be able to get on an app. You'd be able to book a service. So if you're here and I'm down at transit and we both want to go out to Acorn, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, we book it and then it would pick us both up for a, um, lower than Uber rate and drop us both off. Okay. Nick and I were having this conversation as we were looking out. You get a pretty good view of a lot of the city from here mm-hmm. and, and like a quadrant based, you, you know, uh, app platform and mm-hmm. instead of direct routes would make a lot more sense. And it seems like you could do it with smaller vehicles even, uh, which, you know, to your zero or low emission, you know, conversation. Is that the future? That is part of the future. I think that some of our routes, fixed route systems will never go away. Now we have downsized the buses over the years. They used to be 35 and 40 footers. Okay. Now they're 29. Um, which, you know, it's not it's a huge... Also, it's <laughs> also a, government's version it's, of improvement. It's a reduction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some of those routes, like you said, MacArthur, Eisenhower, the Walmart. Okay, but but are, do you keep those because you're getting money from the schools? You, you know, and is that... A, a, I mean, when I was in high school, city buses didn't provide transportation to the high schools, right? I mean, that that's yeah. what we do now. And mm-hmm. I always wonder if that's like... Uh, you, you know, if it's sort of like a relationship that's, oh, well, we use it because it, it busts our numbers up, but it also we get some revenue off of it. But is that really the best way to do it? Why isn't the school district in charge of their own transportation? I don't know. I don't know the history. Okay. So I'm not really sure why either. Um, I graduated from MacArthur in the 2000s, and <laughs> it was around then. So for me, it's something that's always been there. Okay. Um, it. 
is one of our higher ridership routes, the the schools, the Walmarts, right. you know, the but, shopping centers. But you but when you look at it, when you do this study, I'm sure this will show this that it's it's an anomaly. I mean, it's like okay, for this hour and a half, we've got lots of riders that are going home from these two high schools and then that increases your numbers you use to justify having the buses. But if you took that away and looked at what just the normal population is using for public transportation, I think it'd be very different. Well, so we run peak routes okay. is what we call them. So um, in the mornings and the afternoons, we do run an extra bus down those routes. And so they're, it's not a route that is necessarily being run all day empty when the high schoolers aren't. No, but you use it. But when you get come back and give me these numbers, it's mm-hmm. going to include these high school kids, which will inflate. I mean, if they were just on the yellow school buses, that wouldn't be considered public transportation. Correct. Yeah. I mean, by the way, this isn't anything so, you did. You inherited all this a year and a half ago. I get that. I, I just, I, it's one of those things we'll go, I remember a few years ago, with the millionth rider. It's like, well, okay, was that really a million people or was that a million rides? And there is a difference between those yes, two there things, is. right? Mm-hmm, that's correct. Uh, all right. So any idea how many rides, how many riders at all? I don't. Not off the top of my mind. I know that we do over a million rides a year. Um, you know, during COVID, it, it slacked off into the high 800,000s, low 900,000s, but we've returned to regular ridership. I know the school district, because I've been working on that deal, we have on average about 2,000 students ride um, per, per month. Per month. Okay. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. So you're you're saying there's a million rides a month. No, no, no. That's a year. A year. Yes. But only 24,000 of those are high school students. Correct. Do you buy that? Sure. There's only 80 some thousand people in Decatur. I, I mean, that uh, the million rides just seems like I, I don't know how you get to that number. Well, if you have, you know, a per, people you are depend on this every day for work. So you could have one person who rides it 10 times a week if they're riding Monday through Friday to and from work. Okay. So that that's what I, I guess I'm trying to get at is it sounds great to go a million rides. But if you if you break that down to how many people, I think you would have a much more bigger understanding of the usage. Right. Mm hmm. But it seems like we never get it broken down that way. Once again, not your fault. But, I mean, it's always been that way. We've asked this question for 15 years. Well, we're going to have the answer soon. (laughs) I look at you and she answers. Well, because I don't have the answers. I mean, doesn't a million rides a month feel disproportionate or a year year to what it actually is? It's like don't believe your lying eyes. People drive all around. I mean, you see buses all day long. They're not full. And and, uh, there's a a cultural difference here, too. If you go to Champaign, you know, they have a huge student population that uses the bus all the, well, look all at their the downtown time. parking rates. They're, I, oh, I mean, it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, but, there, there's a lot of things that but contribute. But you have to a that. lot more people that are, you know, middle class that ride the buses in Champaign. Okay. Then, then here, maybe. You know, I, I, I think we probably because it's, you know. How many? Well, listen. Once again, and Brian, I did some math. Yeah. So a million broken down by 365 days would be about 2,700 people a day. And if you divide that in half, because they would go somewhere and come back, you're only talking about 1,350 citizens. Using I don't believe a bus there's 1,300 citizens in this community using a bus every day. I, I mean, maybe with the high school mm-hmm. kids, I'd like to see that number. I, I'm just telling you. I, and then it, it stretches out because you're trying to do the right thing. You want to make sure somebody can get somewhere right. at 10 o'clock at night. But then it's almost like infinitesimal the number of people that are riding. I don't know. Have you ever gotten on like our East Grand bus or gone to Walmart? Because I have. Okay. And it's packed. Those buses hold 25 to 30 people, and there will be 25 to 30 people. And, you know, ever since COVID, we don't necessarily want to sit very close to each other. Right. So, you know, a lot of seat space is taken. You'd be surprised. Okay, but how many routes aren't doing that? I mean, you're, you're going to the one that does. How many do you have running around all over town that do not have anywhere near that number? More than we'd like, yeah. and that is why we're doing the route. And I'm not saying that you yeah. should take the service away from those 25 people that are using it. Mm-hmm. I just think there's got to be a but smarter, better way. I think that's where the, the study on the micro buses, yep. micro transportation comes in, because you're right. I mean, that makes a whole lot more sense. We just haven't had the technology until now to uh, be able to make it happen. All right, so you know if you go to something that's app-driven, people are first thing you're going to say is, what about people that don't have phones? Well, you can still book them through dispatch. Okay. And how would that work? You call the dispatch number. And uh, we have a paratransit service now. So paratransit are those smaller buses you see. They're 12 to 16 passenger. Okay. And they're reserved for people who cannot either cognitively or physically navigate the fixed route system. Okay. Okay. And how so many of those do we have? We have eight. Okay. And, eight? Mm-hmm. 
How yeah. many buses do we have total? Uh, total, we have 23 fixer out buses. We do not deploy all of them. How many are out on a given day? 19. 19? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. And, and then how much of this is tied to federal tax dollars? A lot. Yeah. The majority uh, is IDOT and federal. So it's one size fits all. If you want this, you got to do this. I mean, is that part of the problem? That's government. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but they do try, they treat it one size fits all. Um, I think that there is, they're beginning to come around, especially with these new bills. Um, I think in the, the push to go zero emission, that's kind of a one size fits all, but there's a lot of flexibility for each agency to figure out what works for them. Okay. You know, like Champagne is going hydrogen cell fuel. That doesn't work for Decatur. Why is that? Well, they have hydrogen cell naturally there. So a hydrogen plant. Um, if we were to go hydrogen based, we would have to have it trucked in. Okay. Plus the hydrogen cells have to go on top of the buses. Um, because they're highly flammable and we have a lot of underpasses that we drive under. And okay. so the clearance would not work on a lot of the routes. Wow. That's something I didn't know. Yeah. And hydrogen. See what we learn on the show every day. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, uh fares? Uh, you know, just reading from the city's website, a basic adult, it costs $1. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, youth is 80 cents. Uh, if you have a disabled passenger, it's 50 cents. Senior citizens are 50 cents. Um, you, you know, is that legit? I mean, you know, I know you want to make it affordable, but I don't know what in the world you can do for 50 cents in 2023. Um, so the fares do not offset the cost of operating transit. Right. That's offset by our downstate operating uh, grants from IDOT. And um, but the IDOT and the FTA both want to keep it very affordable because. Uh, especially in a place like Decatur, we don't have a lot of what we call choice riders, right? Like Chicago, you have choice riders because it's unaffordable. Right. It's cheaper for people to leave their car at home and ride public transportation. In Decatur, with the sprawl that we have, if you have a car, you're going to use it. Sure. So most of our riders are dependent upon the transit system. But if you were to go to an app-based, you said less than Uber. I mean, 50 cents is an Uber. I mean, it's nowhere near. I mean, so how would that work? Right. So um, microtransit is really neat. There's a lot of different platforms out there. You can geofence zones. Okay. And so, for instance, we could say if you are booking a ride in the urban core and you're going out to the manufacturing district, your ride is going to be set at a base less than $5. Okay. Um, but if you are, you know, in Forsyth or, you know, in a more affluent district, you know, and you're going somewhere outside of the work zone, then that could be higher, you know, but still price moderately less than now, is that Uber. legal? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you're, you're going to assume somebody in Forsyth has more money to go? I, I, I mean, that, that seems like a, a lot of assumptions being so, so, made on based on I, – I just know the way the government works. Somebody's going to sue somebody over somebody paying less or more because of where you live. So perhaps that was a bad example. Let me say this. We would use the census tracts. Okay. So the census does have low-income census tracts. So if you use the low-income census tracts to create – a more equitable right. pricing system. And, and so w- I, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Would, would, how, how do you get around what's being required of you now to do it in a different way? So, um, I mean, if they're telling you now that 50 cents, you know, is what you charge a senior citizen, I mean, how do you take that next step and restructure fees? Because, I, I mean, to me, 50 cents to get a ride to the mall is, I, I mean, not that you're going to make up all of your expenses on higher fares, but... That's ridiculously low. So microtransit is a new concept okay. that the FTA and IDOT are um, putting regulations around. One of the big ones is that they do not want it to be able to cannibalize your fixed route system. And so what it is is your your microtransit is used as one of those first mile, last mile solutions. Okay. And, you know, for instance, we don't operate past 7 p.m. It would be a great opportunity to put something like that out because um, one of the models we're looking at is minivans. Okay, so this would be then on top of everything, not in place of anything. Well, it could be in place in some of those routes that are not efficient anymore. They're not getting that ridership, and it doesn't make sense to put, you know, the 29-foot buses out in some of the smaller neighborhoods. We've only got like 60 seconds. Thank Mm -hmm. you for coming in, and I appreciate it. Do you have a, a route that pays for itself? Uh, no. Okay. So when you say efficient, I'm just trying to, get, to explain the definitions. I mean, we don't have a single one, even the busiest one, that actually generates enough revenue to pay for itself. Correct. But part of that is just you weigh what public transportation costs so that individuals have it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So what is that number? Do you know? No. Okay. But this is part of the conversation. Right. Okay. Which, 
No, I'm, I, I feel like this is an interrogation. I, I know. I feel like I'm being interrogated. <laughs> I'm just curious. I, all I want to know is I don't know how you have the conversation if you don't lay out all of the, the – I mean, it seems like no one knows. Well, and that's that's part of the reason to do the studies and to look at different ways of doing things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all to make it better. Absolutely. Or more efficient. Uh, and, and I would be curious if you could find out just like when that whole District 61 thing started, because sometime between our age mm-hmm. and your age, it happened. I mean, where mm-hmm. District 61 provided their own transportation for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden the city was responsible for it. Do you know what you get reimbursed for that? Um, actually, we just worked on a deal, uh, an intergovernmental agreement with the Decatur School District. It goes to student or their school board. Tomorrow night, I uh-huh. believe. And um, they will reimburse us twice a year, and all high schoolers will get to ride for free. Right, but do you know what that number is? Yes, it's 35000 a year. Total. Mm-hmm. And then what? do you have any idea what that breaks down to per student or any of those kind of – all right, mm. next time. Okay. Put it on your list. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you coming in, really do. It's a uh, interesting conversation, but I think that we can do it better, and you only do it better if you have the conversation. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Lacey Elton and uh, Mayor Julie Moore-Wolf, we appreciate you. We're going to take a break for bottom of the hour. When we get back here, Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports, big uh, weekend for Millican women's basketball. We'll talk about that, and then uh, Dr. Juanita Morris will join us at 740. We'll be back with more right after this. News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden's top national security advisor says he can't confirm or deny a Wall Street Journal report that the energy departments concluded the COVID-19 outbreak likely started with a Chinese lab leak. There is a variety of views in the intelligence community. Some elements of the intelligence community have reached conclusions on one side, some on the other. A number of them have said they just don't have enough information to be sure. Jake Sullivan on CNN State of the Union. The Supreme Court hears arguments today in a case about the definition of identity theft. Tomorrow, it's student loan forgiveness. 21 Democrat-led states argue the president has grounds to forgive up to $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients and 10,000 for others. The GOP-led state challenges argue the plan is overreach without approval from Congress and that the plan will harm tax revenues. Fox's Ryan Schmelz in D.C. Stock futures are up ahead of the opening bell on Wall Street. America's listening to Fox News. Did you know the average age of vehicles on the road right now are 12 years old? Most manufacturers recommend antifreeze coolant exchanges every 10 years. Number one roadside breakdowns is cooling system failure, but Speed Lube has you covered. They offer a two-part complete coolant system fluid exchange for $79.95, and it lubricates the water pump seals and has an anti-corrosion additive. Don't find yourself on the side of the road this winter. Visit one of Speed Lube's six Decatur locations or in Lincoln or Clinton. Get your coolant system checked today at Speed Lube. Looking to fall in love with your new home? Eagle Ridge, your affordable assisted lifestyle community, is newly renovated and ready for you. You can count on them to provide home-cooked meals, small group activities, and visitations with family and friends. They are currently accepting move-ins, and there is no better time than to call them right now. Stop by 875 West McKinley or call 217-872-1282. That's 872-1282. They are an equal housing opportunity lender. Retired or retiring soon? How much money do you need to live comfortably? Retirement Planners of America is here for you. Would you like to have financial peace of mind? Here's how. Step one, find out the amount of money you'll need to retire. Step two, have a plan to get there. Step three, make sure that plan can take advantage of market gains but protect you from market losses. Discover how to do all three with a free consultation at 800-508-6108. That's 800-508-6108. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future your results. Here's a look at your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast today. Rain and thunderstorms until 5 p.m. with 45 mile per hour winds and a high of 58. Tonight's cloudy with a low of 39 and windy. For Tuesday, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 52. Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 62. Current temperature in downtown Decatur is 57 degrees. Your WSOY time, it's 7.33. And this look at your weather, it was brought to you by Eagle Ridge of Decatur.
Tupper on Sports on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Each and every weekday morning, we check in with Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports. All right, let's start with the Illini and Big Ten basketball. Well, yesterday was a day when Illinois needed to be sharp. Uh, they didn't necessarily need to be great because this season's Ohio State team has been in a full-blown struggle the whole way. I mean, they've lost. They had they had lost 14 of 15 coming into yesterday's game. But Illinois needed to take care of business um, and trying to improve their Big Ten standing, their Big Ten tournament seeding, and ultimately their NCAA tournament seeding. Uh, but Illinois was anything but sharp. They were really off from the start, instantly fell behind, which is not unusual for them, uh, never dug in defensively, never had anyone take off offensively, and lost 72-60 to 60 in Columbus. Um, I, I know what's important, and in the end, they won't be judged by this game. What's important is not this game. Uh, it's It's not even how they do in the Big Ten tournament. What is ultimately important is do they advance to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? That's what matters to fans. Can they win twice and be a Sweet 16 team in the NCAA tournament? And if you do that, um, then absolutely no one will even remember what happened yesterday. Nobody will gripe about their lackluster performance on a nondescript Sunday in late February. But... Their performance yesterday is precisely why it's hard to have confidence that they can make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. This is a poor shooting team that gets sloppy with turnovers, that breaks down defensively when teams attack the basket, and that is simply too inconsistent to count on. And you know what? In Within the Big Ten Conference, that describes most teams. I watch a lot of basketball. I've watched Michigan, Iowa. Michigan State, Wisconsin, go right down the line. And that's that's those teams. This league is not very good. The Big Ten is not very good, especially now that the top teams are kind of falling apart. Purdue, remember Purdue was number one in the country. They've lost four of their last six. Northwestern was number 21 and flying high at the start of last week. They've lost two in a row. Um, it's just, it's very, it's more difficult than ever to put together a good college basketball team that you can count on because of the new rules, the transfer portal, the NIL money, and um, the teams are composed of transfers, freshmen, and maybe some holdovers who didn't have prominent roles the year before. And that's what, and, and teams are trying to make chemistry out of that. And that's hard to do. And um, I'm watching it on with a lot of teams, and Illinois struggling with it. That's why Ohio State had lost 14 out of 15. They've got a bunch of people that never played together before. Uh, same with most of these teams. The one, Indiana is emerging as a really good team. That's the one team in the conference, why they were picked to win the conference before the season began, that looked like the team that we saw Indiana last year. Uh, all the other teams are they're all new faces, and it's really difficult. So I'm not, I don't have my hopes very high for this Illinois team. Uh, their next game is Thursday at 6 o'clock at home against Michigan. All right. On the other side of the break, we'll do a little local basketball, meaning Milliken and LSA. This look at Tupper on Sports brought to you by First National Bank, the quality bank now open in downtown Decatur. Hi, this is Dale Coley from Dale South Lake Pharmacy and Coley's Corner Drugs. Let me tell you about my friends at First National Bank. Reliable customer service with a personal touch is important for my stores, and the team at FMB has been amazing. They helped us get set up with the types of financial accounts that we need to make sure we are always taken care of with our service providers, payment gateways, vendors, and our very valued customers. They're always available to me with two convenient locations in Decatur. Thanks, FMB. Member FDIC. Back here with Mark Tupper. All right, it was a big weekend all around in basketball. Let's get a little more local with Milliken and LSA. Yeah, you know, that LSA team is a great story, Brian. Um, that victory over St. Teresa uh, was not an upset. They are undefeated. Their head coach is Wes Littrell, and their assistant coach is Tim Littrell, the former head basketball coach at Milliken University. And Tim is living <laughs> living a dream, man. He's He's going on the ride of a lifetime, sitting next to his son, coaching a basketball team that has played 30 games and won every time. So LSA is absolutely a Decatur story. 
worth rooting for. Uh, also, salute to MacArthur, who won and now advanced to their own sectional that they will be hosting. Um, also worth rooting for is the Millican women's basketball team, which beat Illinois Wesleyan on Friday and Augustana on Saturday to claim the CCIW Conference Tournament Championship. And with it, Millican gets the league's automatic bid into the NCAA Division Three National Tournament. They will find out at 1.30 today where they will be going and against whom they will be playing in the first round of the tournament. Uh, they will have a watch party, and you can watch, too, from home on NCAA.com, 1.30 today to find out how the uh, Division Three pairings shake out. Millikan's 23-4. and four. Uh, They've got high hopes. They're ranked 23rd in the country uh, going into the week. They'll, they'll probably move up a little bit. Uh, this is the second year in a row. They will be in the uh, NCAA Division Three National Tournament. They won twice in the National Tournament last year, two and one. Um, the CCIW Championship game, it was a tough one based on what I could see of it. I did not go to the game, uh, but I saw the highlight tape. Uh, and Augustana, it looked like Augustana really made Milliken earn it. Tough defense in that game. A lot of contested baskets. Um, Elise Knudsen, Milliken's All-American, uh, limited to 17 points, and that's well below her average. Nine lead changes in the game. Uh, so, you know, a good test and probably a good thing to get a good test going into a tournament where you're going to be tested repeatedly as you go against the best teams in the country in Division Three. So uh, best of luck to them. We'll find out where they go and who they play this afternoon. All right, Mark, have a great day. We appreciate it. We'll check in with you first thing tomorrow morning. All right, quickly, she seemed really smart, uh, uh, Lacey, uh, and I'm sure we'll be all over this, you know, after, you know, not being in that position very long, being with the city for quite a while. Isn't it strange, though, the way government does things versus, like, your own small business? It's noticeably different, for sure. They yeah. just don't know what yeah. it costs. Yeah. I mean, is there any other area where you could just go, I don't know, whatever? I mean, to be fair. So no, what we're charging versus, I, I mean, they just, it, it becomes this game. Here's what happens. The federal government goes, you got to hit this benchmark. And so they hit this benchmark. They know they got funding. And how they hit the benchmark has nothing to do with whether it's profitable or even serving them. I mean, this is government in general, right? Mm -hmm. It's like backwards from doing business. Right. Right. But, I mean, if if that's what's contingent to having any money at all come in, then, I mean, then essentially that could be what you have to do. Except no one's looked at, well, what, 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 maybe it would be cheaper to do this a whole different way and it would pay for itself and you don't have to be contingent. Sure. I mean, there's no room for being creative. I, I mean, it's just sort of a crunch. I, I mean, I, I find this over and over and over again. Yeah. When it's taxpayer funded because it just rolls in. I mean, there's no way in 2023 anything should cost 50 cents. Yeah, probably not. Right? Mm -hmm. And you were doing the math, right? Mm -hmm. What did you get down to? What was the number? If Like like uh, 2,800 rides a day total. And so uh, there and back, 1,400 people. So you're talking a, about $750, $700 yeah. a day. In revenue. In revenue. Right. But you think that, what do you think is going out in 19 buses with drivers, with union contracts, gasoline expenses, maintenance on vehicles, and, oh, I don't know, uh, our environment? Right. What do you think the costs are? Probably. You think it's $750 a day? No, certainly, certainly more than that. You know, it sounds like they have some some creative. Seven hundred fifty dollars a day isn't coming close to paying for a fraction of the drivers. Yeah. So I mean, and that's okay. I mean, you can make the case that things have to be subsidized. I'm not even arguing mm -hmm. that. I'm just saying, in a small business, you would know all that. Right. What your costs are, what the revenue is versus the service. Sure. And she might have it all at, at her office. She just didn't have it right here. I don't know. I'm not, first of all, you're, you're making it sound like I'm, she's been there a year and a half. They've been running this thing for years mm -hmm. this way. But if you're coming in to do an interview about trying, you, you bring the stuff from your office. I mean, that, that isn't even a thing. I don't, that's not even a road I'm going down. Um, I don't think they know. 
And I think it's purposeful, not like because she's, like I said, very impressive. And, and I'm sure they're looking at things in a different way. It's all this game thing about we got to hit this number to get these federal grants and dollars. So we hit this number, whether it's realistic or not. And we never even look at what it costs to get to that number to get the money we're looking for. And it might be a losing proposition. Might be. Yeah. Uh, our, our buddy Dwayne texted in that he rode the bus in high school, late 80s, and it was 35 cents. Just to move the timeline a little bit forward for you of when the public transportation. But, but was even that's not school. all the same because we heard from Dave Went too that there were boundaries if you lived closer than yeah. one point. I mean, I, th- th- there was not. Uh, you know, maybe the late 80s. In 1984, I'm just telling you, there, if you got on a bus to go to Eisenhower or Stephen Decatur or Lakeview MacArthur, it was a yellow school bus. Mm-hmm. And then they got out of that business. And I can't imagine that $35,000 a year covers that for the city. Can you? No, no way. Can't even buy like a Corolla for that. I, I, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure it's a good deal for the school district. Yeah. And none of this is meant to be, like I said, she seems very capable and very smart. I, I hope they let her, you know, do some innovative and creative things. It's just an example of the just gigantic cog that is like, I, I mean, it's never like, oh, could, I mean, or at least it hasn't been for 20 plus years. Can we do this smarter or better? Yeah, I'm with you 100% that it, it, it you know, the, the mesh of the public transportation, uh, I, I view it as absolutely essential. I view it as something that, um, You've, you've got to be able to cover it, but, but to your point, the most effective way that you possibly can mitigate some of the losses. Yes, it might end up being a, a, a negative and yeah. a provided service. Yeah. But if you're just hemorrhaging and you don't, and you don't know, then you, you don't have a, a feel for it anyway. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, if, if you broke it down, it'd be cheaper to drive somebody to somebody's house and pick them up and take them somewhere. Probably so. But that's the dirty little thing that no one wants to talk about because we get the buses and they get paid for for this grant. You get to do this thing. And this is what's wrong with government as a whole is people don't look at anything from 30,000 feet or take a holistic view about doing it a better way. We just cookie cutter it across the board for everyone. Right. And you've been we've been dealing with this in in other issues. I mean, you see it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like I'm not advocating taking away public transportation. Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating that you have to subsidize it or you, that you shouldn't subsidize yeah. it. I'm not I'm making that argument at all. It's just so far I can't get anybody to tell me what it costs. and what, <laughs> They don't know. Yeah, it's it's complex. The, this study seems like it will go a long way. If for, they do an actual study. Yeah. yeah if they you, keep concentrating on rides, not riders. And, and th- here's the wrong in that, is that you don't know how much of the actual population needs it when you only concentrate on how many trips there are. Right. And, and you know, here's here's the thing that you've got to kind of balance against. If you see the bus pick somebody up at, at a bus stop and they need to go somewhere, you know, in, in our case, she's right. It's probably a need basis yeah. versus opting to, right? Of course. Almost, almost universally here. So, so that acknowledges that that route in some way, shape or form needs to exist. Does it need to be a 30 person bus? Right. But that's why, that's why for years, and this is, I want to make sure I'm being very clear about this. She was really pleasant and fun and, and answered all the questions. And I don't know, this has nothing to do with her. Right. I've asked this question for 20 years and they can't tell you riders versus rides. They don't want to know. I mean, because if it's the same 10 people using it, 50 times a week, they just want to give you the number of rides, not the number of riders. Sure. Because if you find out the number, and in a community of you know 80,000 people, it's 400, and then you look at 400 people by the millions of dollars in the budget, there's 100,000 ways you could do it cheaper. Sure. But it's all attached to grants and federal funding, and, and, and that they do that. I mean, you, you know... What was the Mark Twain quote? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) There's lies and damn lies and statistics. You can make these dollars look however you want. You really can. And and today, when everybody's moving to the green and everybody's trying to do it a smarter way, and we're still these big gas hog, you you know, buses running around empty. And I mean, and and don't tell me, I mean, you, you know, you see. Now, is it essential that 25 people are going to Walmart? Maybe. Maybe. 
And do we subsidize that? I don't have a problem with that at all. But can we at least do it as smart as we can? That's all I'm saying. Man, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of developments in transportation and transit right now. This would be the time to look at it all. Oh, for sure. And I'll go ahead and be hopeful. All right, Dr. Morris is coming up next. We'll be back with more right after this. At Brinklinger and Earl Funeral Homes, they specialize in many things, like grief recovery programs and traditional full-service funeral celebrations. But their number one focus is finding the best way to honor a life. At Brinklinger and Earl, they are experts at discovering and designing a perfectly customized celebration event to remember. Say goodbye and honor the life of your loved one. Just visit BrinklingerandEarl.com and find out more about how they create unique celebrations of life and, of course, professional, compassionate service from the heart. At Busey Bank, we're proud to serve our local community through financial guidance and community investment. Offering sound advice and actionable insight, Busey builds financial strength, supports homeownership dreams, and offers customized lending strategies, connecting with our neighbors to build stronger communities. Busey Bank, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Hi, this is Colleen Brinkotter with Brinkotter Realtors. Are you thinking of buying or selling a home? Give me a call. Colleen, 217-433-9068. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, moving up or downsizing or relocating, from the staging, marketing, to negotiating, to close. With over 25 years of experience, I can assist with making this a stress-free adventure. Call me, Colleen, 217-433-9068. I would love the opportunity to list your home to get it sold for you or find you a house to make your new home. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Hey, we're back here on a Monday, and it's every bit of Monday. Rain and wind, although I see a little sun poking its way through here. Dr. Juanita Morris is uh, in studios with us here today, and uh, we have a whole bunch to talk about. Um, were you implying, Nick, that, that I was being jerky? When, in the last interview? Yes. Okay. Where did that come from? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I just, I kind of felt like you were like, like, I mean, first of all, I, I just, I, I want to say, I know I thought maybe you were like thinking that I The only thing that I, that I, that I was being contentious on, because I think we fundamentally agree on, on, hey, let's do this better. Okay. I, I was thinking that maybe she wasn't at, at, I was making the point. We don't need to go down that road, as you said, that perhaps she didn't have the recall of, of the specifics. Okay. That's, that's the only point I was right. giving. So as a host, right? <laughs> I, I know. I no, know. no, 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 no. Just as a host, the mayor says to me, I don't have those answers. I'll bring somebody who does. I, I, I contextually, I fully understand. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. I, it's just, it's, this is not, like I said, she was delightful and very smart, and I'm sure we'll get, that's been a bureaucratic nightmare over there for years and years in, in that area, because we just keep doing it the way, I mean, nobody has any innovation, and I'm probably sure that got squashed over the years. It was just Money comes in, money goes out, buses get pitched, and we just do it over, you know, rinse and repeat. It was a strong interview, Nick. It was a strong. What do you, does that mean? <laughs> it was very, very clear. Uh, okay, you have a catering company. <laughs> Uh-uh. No, no. Oh, no. JK. I'm, okay. JK has. I met your family, right? <laughs> you can't charge 50 cents a sandwich if it costs $2.80 to make the sandwich. You'd close. Or or you're not going to be in business. You're right. But if the government swooped in and gave you $3 a sandwich, you could sell it for 50 cents. If, if but you, I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm in business. Particularly if you cook your numbers to tell you about the need for the sandwich. That's all I'm saying. No, it was very, very good. Um, it sounds like a conversation that Dr. J would have, but it was, um. No, I just think that, look, I have no problem subsidizing public transportation. The people can get to resources or needs or, or hopefully jobs or whatever it might be, right? I mean, I don't, the, the premise isn't, but can we subsidize it as little as possible? But it just feels like that doesn't <laughs> ever come into the equation. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm right at home. Okay. 
You, you listen. You run into this all the time. I'm right at home. There, there's bureaucratic inefficiency. Yeah. You, you know, when something becomes too bureaucratic, it no longer is even thinks about efficiency. Yeah. It just rolls. And in some ways, that's the state. That's the federal government. It's not just you know the transportation part, portion of the city. It, it, you know, well, there's a need. Well, let's just throw money at it. Are we doing it effectively? Who knows? You know, let's. And and that's frustrating. Yeah. Yes. Because how much more could we be doing for people if we did it in a more efficient way to leave money to do other things? Yeah, we don't, we're, I'm in total agreement. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Nick. I, I agree with that. I, I, I would hope you would. I, I would have a hard time figuring out how even you could come up with an alternative to that. Right. Do it the best you can. Yeah. Make sure it gets done. But, you know, this is frustrating. Dr. J and I are laughing because we go through these conversations a lot. It's not we do. In, in life and in general. It's either me or you. Yep. I did question the million a year, but I figured you'd get to the bottom of it. Well, Nick <laughs> broke that down for us. And, and, and my, I still was shaking. Listen, yeah, I know. My take <laughs> is that you've got some people, meaning whatever that percentage is, riding the buses an awful lot. Right. And that's great. That That's sort of what it's built for. But isn't there a better way to do even that, you, you know, rather than running 19 out there? If if one of them's full, maybe we need two buses on that route and about six or seven less somewhere else. Yeah, they always seem empty to me, but yeah. I don't want to fan the flames. I, you're already <laughs> fan the flames. There's people just, you know, I like transportation is a weird thing because a lot of it's hooked to, to like IDOT, then to the federal yeah. government. You go on and on and on. But you've got like the trolleys, right? At least they have a little more flexibility now. Remember originally they could only run the route that they were running and it's sort of, that was what people would say. It was like, these things are empty. And they were. Yep. 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 And they're cool and they're nice looking, but if nobody's getting on them, now there's some flexibility and they, they're using them for other things and that's funny. great. But that was all tied to some bureaucratic thing, right? Yeah. And, and I, I, you gotta have the, 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 the bureaucracy starts, I assume, somewhere in a good place, meaning we want to make sure we're doing this right so people have to follow the rules. Yes. Yeah. That's the mindset anyway. It's the rules and it's the structure. And they don't pivot. They, no. You know, I mean, that, that's just not a word that exists. <laughs> We're fighting some pivots. Yeah, we don't, we don't, you, don't you dare think about turning. Uh, it's just straight ahead. All right. Oh, that was good. I think that'll be great. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the app-based thing makes sense to me. Oh, you, you know, that, that you would go to where the demand... Nick and I figured this out, I think. We were sitting here on the sixth floor looking out, you know, the window of, of like, if you drew quadrants, right, instead of having, like, buses that only run a route... Yeah. You had a quadrant, okay. you know, like you you pick northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest, yeah. however that looks, and, and an app-based, you because know, most people have a phone, most. Now, you're going to have some that don't, so you got to have an option for that. But if you just went to where the demand was rather than just running the same route every day, whether or not there's demand, that in and of itself would be way more cost-effective. I rode the bus a lot when I was little. Okay, did you? Like, yeah. for what? Um, just because my family didn't have a car. Right. So um, you you used it as transportation to get yeah. to point A to point B. Yep, yep, yep. And I always was worried that we would miss the last one. Yeah. <laughs> like, as a little girl, that was my biggest anxiousness and fear, that we would miss the last bus, and how would we get home? Were there a lot of people on the bus when you were riding? I'm, I'm going with no. Okay. But did... <laughs> No, I mean, there may be that's tons the title more of, now. That's the title of Nick's book, by the way. But does the does the bus have to? I mean, does the quantity of people uh, determine whether the bus should be running or not? No, it, but, it, he, but why have a thirty passenger bus? You're Mr. Green. I, I can't. Be, yes, I know. I can't believe you're arguing that we want to do the most uh, with for the least. Why would it not be? I'm with you on that, but I but they, they and, and I'm with you on that a hundred percent. And I'd prefer it to be green. Uh, in fact, yes. I cannot wait for them to be green by 2060 or whatever date they put it out there. Yes. But absolutely, yes. But even if it runs empty, that doesn't mean it shouldn't be running. I just is think where, is where I'm hung up. It shouldn't running. be running with 30 seats yes. open and, and what it yes. cost and the union contract for the drivers with nobody in it. No one's arguing yeah, the other it. way. In yeah. fact, you've admitted that several times and you keep going back, sort of sneaking in the back door that I'm arguing something else, which I'm not. I right, said but you guys keep pointing out that it being empty. Because, it, okay, 
if you were driving to work every day, yeah, right, mm-hmm. and you could take an electric car or you could take a bus to you know work the answer by that. yourself, you know the so answer. So why that. is it different for this? I don't understand that question in the context. If you were driving a city bus yep. to come do the radio yep. show every day, yeah. do you not think it would be okay to point out, Nick, you realize you're driving around with 30 empty seats and what I'm this... Not, I'm with you on that and point. And the taxpayers had to pay for your you ride to work I'm with day. you on that point. Then what point are you not? It, it, it just keeps coming back to them being empty. And, and again, I understand because that it's is a big demand. thing that's empty, but if it were a smaller thing, would you have the same beef? For no, a minivan driving it would cost empty. a fraction okay, but of what it cost. That, that, yeah. Yes, but I wanted to make sure that I understood that if the minivan drive, the hybrid, not hybrid, if there were fully eight green empty mini- seats, better than 30 okay. empty seats. Yeah. But acceptable. Yes. Okay, yeah. that, that's, that's. But still then, questionable why they're empty. I, I mean, it, are you really serving the people? I mean, are, literally, isn't there a better way to do it than the way we've been doing it for 45 years? I think that that's the way we get at innovation, though, is to get curious and ask a ton of questions. So right. I'm in complete agreement. Like, I don't think we do away with it, but I definitely think that how do we do it better, different, yeah. or another way? Now, I, Which I, is and what I, mean, I have said from the get-go. Yeah. It, You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.